and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. On today's episode, we'll be discussing Mousetrap. We saw this production at the Theatre Royal Nottingham on the 27th of September 2022. Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap is the world's longest running play. Now celebrating 70 years, this thrilling West End production is the genre-defining murder mystery from the best-selling novelist of all time. So Stephen, what's it all about? As news spreads of a murder in London, a group of seven strangers find themselves snowed in at a remote countryside guest house. When a police sergeant arrives, the guests discover to their horror that a killer is in their midst. Which one is a murderer? Who will be their next victim? But first, our post-show opinion! Terribly exciting, what? Captivating and timeless. So with all that said, let's... Set the scene. Set it. Set the scene. So, Richard, the 70th anniversary tour of Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap. Yes. Set the scene. Dare we? Can we yes, talk I about think, it? I think we can. We can't reveal can we too then? much about no. the play. Well, I mean, on I pain suppose of death. When you when we sat down in our seats and looked at the stage, the curtain was shut. So you know, we we've seen quite a few recently where the everything's been shut, the curtains have been down. So you yes. don't know anything until the actual. I suppose one thing we can say the is stopping people like us revealing everything. Everything, yeah, exactly. Rude. But what I will say is this is a very traditional style of theatre. It's a traditional play. Yeah. You can tell it's been going for a long time. So the actual set is all set in one room. It's it's basically like an enhanced living room. So when the curtains open, you're almost in the it's, the reception it's, it's room. It's a manor hall, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so it's like you'd expect a grand manor hall with a big reception area, really, almost. And that's what we got. Yeah, with different doors off to upstairs to the sort of dining room and uh, almost the billiard room. Or, you know, it felt very Cluedo. It felt very... Very steeped it, it, in that history. Yes, it had that pseudo grand yes, yeah. murder mystery. And also, one thing I suppose I'd have to say is the set is designed in such a way where it's not perfectly centred on stage. It's there's there's a lot of angles on this set, so mm. it's actually almost turned round. So it's when you look at the set, it looks a little bit more intriguing than just a set that's a few doors with a back wall and some side walls. It's it's they've they've made a lot of effort in creating high panelled walled ceilings so you feel like the whole all the panelled walls all the way go up all the way to the top and you feel like there's a grandeur you know it feels like a manor you could say it was a bit of a crooked house if you wanted to give a bit of an Agatha Christie reference yeah uh, what I quite liked about it was the amount of detail that went into the set, especially the oak panels on the walls. There were some fine detailing that went all the way around the um, the upstage um, exits yes. and entrances. Well, there were sort of like archways towards... One was a stair, staircase yes. and the other was probably to uh, the kitchen and the hallway or the, the main door. Yes. But um, that detailing carried on around the fireplace and uh, up over uh, a lot of the walls. There's a big imposing window within the the back of the set. Yeah. Which has got two big full-length velour from 
floor all the way up to the, the almost ceiling yeah. curtains. Were they just actually, a little radiator yeah. underneath? And the, the window behind that was ornate and mm. it's got a lot of stained glass in it and it's, it's yeah. it feels very of that... that lined. Thing. Yeah, lined, lead, lead lined lined and, and everything. Yeah. So so they've gone to so much detail in that that you feel, even the furniture that's used, it all feels mm. slap bang in the right period, you know. Yeah. And all the knickknacks and things on the, the fireplace, you know. It's um, it's definitely a bull in a china shop place where you don't want to don't want to be breaking a lot of them because there'd be uh, there's quite a lot mm. on there. It sort of just summed up what a really nice stage can be. Yeah, exactly. You know, because because yeah. we've seen quite a lot of uh, bare stage sets yes. where they just wheel things on, wheel things off for ease, or things that are come down from um, the rafters, or or you even get a lot of uh, sets which have so much technical details come in but it was quite nice and quite relaxing just to see a simple set yeah exactly. and have the actors act within that little world yeah and i think which yeah. didn't rely on special technical no. details just probably like a string on a uh, you know just yeah. a window yeah on a just string, to just keep, it open, it to keep and it open and and just the the, the minute little yeah, exactly. effects and details and stuff i think i think the, you know this is a classic example it's classic but it's an example of is it a classic example? It's a classic example. Or an example it's a bit like of a, a journey. classic. Um, but no, it's a classic. It's an example that is classic. I think some people have too much choice and options nowadays when it comes to designing a set or designing things. They can throw everything at it. And do you think they're trying too hard to think outside the box? When yeah, sometimes it's okay but, to be in the but, box. But that's yeah. The whole point is sometimes. That's the whole point of a theatre production. If it can't stand up on its own in 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 that box or that space on stage, you shouldn't need to create loads of other things. And I think mm. that's that's key sometimes. Now, whilst we are discussing that, bearing in mind yes. the 70th anniversary, has this setting always been it for 70 years? As far as I'm aware, yes. Okay. So no one else would have... I suppose they wouldn't have had the rights, would they? No. So I think things? the whole point of this is it's been one of those that's been locked away in... Locked away it can in only perpetuity. be done as a professional. You can't do it. Because would you have wanted to have seen this in a contemporary style setting, set-wise, basically? That's an interesting one because I think it could work stage. if they had if they turned it into a lavish set that was almost minimalist, then it could have worked the same. Mm. Could it? But, uh, yeah, you know, it's almost timeless in a way. Because yeah. um, going on to the writing, for you know, we're, we're hinting that way, but it slightly verged on a bit of a farce, you know, with yes. all, the, all the doors and stuff. Yeah, it, and going, but it didn't go too farcical no like a proper farce and it, it neither did it go in terms of like cluedo no exactly that, that but it like got the, the humor in it yes. that you wouldn't just expect everything to be doom and gloom in something mm. like this and i think that so it did have those comic elements in it to yeah. almost give away things but still be funny and mm. you know as part of it because it wouldn't have been as good a production i don't think if it hadn't have got those moments yeah I think. It, it, it needed that in it because even in murder mysteries in midsummer murders things like that there's hints of mm. comedy or there's hints of things that are the jovial parts of it mm. because it's not all doom and gloom and it's, you know. Well, it is a case of mystery. That's yeah, what it is. That's where the genre came from, really. I suppose the yeah. Golden Age and Agatha Christie being that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think one thing to mention here before we talk, we, we move on to anything else is um, the Mousetrap actually debuted at Nottingham Theatre Royal. Yes. Seventy years ago, so before it transferred to London, a bit where like it other still pro- remains. where it still remains and it's still running. It actually debuted here, so um, up in Nottingham. So, 
I think and is it that, the only time where it actually stopped producing was during pandemic. I think so. Yeah, that was yeah. the only time it stopped. And I think it's quite interesting because it's been going a long time now, and other productions haven't lived this long, or yeah. they haven't lived out their writing because of mm. the age of them. Or I suppose Blood Brothers is probably the next close one because that's the longest running musical, isn't it? Yeah. Or something. It's yeah, the it's, second yeah. Us or this yeah, it's in that realm. Doing yeah. It, yeah. What about the direction for the play we saw? I mean, for me, the direction was brilliant because it didn't stop yeah. you could tell that everybody knew their place and, and some of the things were so slight that I don't think that you would have noticed that it was direction but it was there for a purpose there were certain mm-hmm. little things or ways that they walked around things they went the long way which is how I'd sort of think some theatre should be done you, if you're walking, walking from one place to another it looks less natural if you just go a shortcut because that's not making more of you as a character you actually just get into another location on stage because you need to whereas there was a lot of the they made the most of the stage and the space you could in other words it gives the actor thinking time for yes. the next line yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but it draws focus as they're walking across and you know that they're going for a purpose rather than it being oh i'll just stand there or I'll just stand there and i think I suppose it just depends in that kind of view because if you want them to take focus and to be seen to be walking then you take the long route but if they if it was just like a background thing and didn't want to upstage then they might go a shorter route if they were like going to a drinks cabinet yeah. or whatever then they wouldn't go all around the houses. No, no, of course not. You know, but it so. was little things like that bit where he kept knocking the uh, lampshade over. Well, you he say didn't that, just what, go uh, the short was... way. He went all the way round and he did yeah. it again, and it went yeah. and it, it just made it. That's that gives you those elements, the funny elements. But was that scripted? But no, there's but also a lamp on there as well, you know. So, yeah. so you know. Well, I'm not saying that he, they didn't knock it off on that one either, as no. well. But I think it's more of a faux pas that one. The fact that she that she knocked fell, it over there. Well, it fell onto the sofa when she was there, and then uh, he knocked it over. Had it been done a third time, then it would have been deliberate. Hmm. So I think for me, the direction again was spot on. So yeah. I have to agree with you on there. Um, there wasn't any out of date, uh, out of uh, place movements or anything. No, and I just felt, think... like, you know, you, I mean, it's really weird when we sort of like talk about direction in this way because it, we instantly look for the awkwardness or something yeah. that just looks obviously wrong. And if it doesn't feel wrong, then it, it is natural. So it's yeah. been directed extremely well. And also, you mentioned dated, and I think as well, it's key to that they that they direct it that has every movement's of that time and that and period. And of that character in that period. Yeah. And yeah. that's what you have to think about. It's not just about, you know... But I think it's also down to the actors and how it they is, portray yeah. the characters. Definitely. And when Gwyneth Strong came in as uh, Mrs Boyle, yeah. I mean, she got that character right down to the bones of who she was. It is probably like this crabby um, old woman who was pretty much a spinster but knew her mind, knew where she was in the world and um, not necessarily her place, but she... She was like a a lot of Agatha Christie's um, typical female staunch women yeah. roles of, of that age. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in a way, she wasn't too soft or too mousy. No, she was quite opinionated. Yes, of course. Or abrupt or strong and dare I say even masculine. Yeah, well, no, masculine esque. Yeah, it it's almost like it's it was like, in that era, period of like it's the almost 20s military. To the 40s it's that sort where, of it's yeah. like military. You know that stoutness. That's that. You know. Yeah. So what about the writing? I mean, I think it stands the test of time. And as we talk about it being a cosy mystery, in a way, you've, there's so much out there that you could refer... You know, yes, there are better written thrillers or this, that and the other in the in, in here and yeah. now. But this is a who done it rather than a thriller. Yeah. And definitely a, a cosy mystery. 
uh, or what the subgenre has uh, gone on to become. But I think now. we we forget that as well. Sometimes I have to remind myself that seventy years ago, this was the cozy mystery you went to see. There was nothing on telly. There was a radio play you'd probably hear, mm. or this, that, and the other. But but you'd go to the theatre to watch something like this. I think of the time, the twists within it, without giving anything away for spoiler yeah. reasons. I felt a little lacklustre because now benefit of everything else that I've yeah, ever watched. Definitely. I saw it coming a mile away yeah. and used to working out everything that's said and also yeah, exactly. not said. I got the gist of particular characters and um, the, like the, the, hidden, because... the hidden lies or red herrings and stuff. But yeah. there's a particular twist which I thought that there's a reason for that. Yeah. And it's really difficult when you can't really say it anything is, about it. It is, but I think when you look at, say, I know... Line of Duty and things like that, where you watch them Isn't and there's a game. No, there's a it's a it's a series on BBC, and basically Ugh, BBC, there are yeah. there are misdirects in the same way, mm. and they've got to have drawn reference from these type of yeah. you know mysteries where the person that's expected isn't the person. There's 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 all, there's all that happening, and there's a lot of things out there. Like you said, there's there's a lot of things that are on telly now that you know we've all become a bit of the super sleuth or the detective. So yeah, you, you know it's very difficult to shock and and surprise. I think anymore because there's a lot out there that, that happens already. So Yeah, so I have to view this or the writing of it in terms of when it was uh, dated. For, yeah. yeah, for me to sort of uh, give a, a perspective on it. And I thought the characters were, again, a typical Agatha Christie, lock them all in a room, they all have their stereotypical characters yeah. there. Uh, it was well written. Yeah, it was. It, it, it kept the pace, it kept uh, the energy... It, some really good characterizations of Christopher Wren, you know, and um, Miss Casewell as well. Even the introduction of Mr. Pavicini. I think I said that right. Pavicini. Paravicini. 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 No, Paravicini. Paravicini. Yeah. Yeah, they, they all, well, like I say, stock characters, but they were well written, I'd yeah. say. But I think for me, it's also the bits in the writing, the directing, where when the radio was playing and it was talking about somebody's on the loose, they're wearing a hat and a scarf and a coat. That's what I in, and, enjoyed because it was and, setting it up for the very beginning of um, but it, give, making them all suspects. Yes, and it was really cleverly written that every time somebody new entered the room, they all had those items. Yeah. But if that character or that cast member who was taking the coat the cat and the scarf mm. didn't do it they wouldn't have had the same moment if that hadn't have happened yeah but it, it was just another intro of once you have all your suspects in one place how do you know quickly that they're all suspects because exactly someone on the radio has said the suspect that did yeah. it was wearing this that and the other yeah and they all were so yeah that was a quick way of just nipping it in the bud yeah these exactly. are your suspects yeah yeah yeah. we're just now, gonna lay it on the line and these are the ones let, yeah know. let's have a bit of a um character detail and play how see how they all interact and then the midway point kill someone off and then who did it definitely because yeah. the, the inciting incident has already happened off set there's already been yes. a death so by the midway point there's got to be a second death yes i was expecting a third well second on stage yeah but oh oh is that a spoiler not particularly no no. I mean, if I, so I, was know, expecting... I mean, the fourth mode have surprised me. Surprised me as well. We were sitting next to it. Anyway. <laughs> no. So e- even that, the roundup of tying all the loose ends up and stuff, mm. it put everything back into its box that it needed yeah, exactly. to, to do. However, I did come away feeling, 
Oh, okay. Although I will say I was gripped all the way through. I yes. love. I I loved everything, but I wasn't. Wow. Because the mouse trap, you think, okay, this is really gonna be. Yeah, exactly. One. But I've seen witness for the prosecution. Yeah. And that was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The twists in that one. Yeah. So I was probably expecting more, 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 but I didn't get that. But it no. doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it for what it was. But strength in story, strength in journey, you know, I'm use that strength word. There was character. It was all there. Yeah. And I thought it was a good production for that reason. Yeah. Because let's face it, what we saw four days ago in the same theatre. Oh, didn't you know? Really. Which uh, we, we, very much had the same typical. Which was meant to have the ending. same sort of. Yeah, it was yeah. meant to be a, a mystery. But like I said to you whilst we were in there, I'm not sure which way around this is going to go out, but when we saw Wicked Lady, those two actors couldn't. They couldn't hold an audience. They couldn't hold the, the, the drama. They couldn't hold our attentions to, to view them. But when we saw these actors on stage, just even if it was just two of them, yeah. they held it. Everyone. But that was also down to the writing. And it is, Because yeah. we wanted to know what they were talking about. I couldn't give a, I couldn't give a damn no, exactly. about Wicked Lady and what they were no, talking no, no. about. I no. was bored from the start. No, this you were lost. You just lost yeah. in it. You're just like, you know. But this is what happens when you, when you get... And not just a great crime novelist. No. Crime writer. No, no, exactly. But... The fact that she wrote the stage play. Yes. And sometimes it can be quite difficult to go from writing a novel yeah, to then no, writing definitely. a stage yeah. play because you don't particularly know how to use all the tools yeah. in the toolbox for writing stage. Well, you're so used as to writing the, the story well. rather than the actual dialogue for yeah. the actual yeah. production. I, I prefer script writing because you can just get straight to the nubbins of it. Yeah. Do you know what we're here for? What? <laughs> we're. <laughs> I can do it. Here, here for the drama. Okay, so, standout performances, I must give credit to Elliot Clay for playing uh, Christopher Wren. The moment he bombarded the stage with his energy, it oh, yeah, just, definitely. He never stopped. No. It was just thrilling to watch, and it was just like flamboyant personality was just adorable, but you didn't know which way no, he was going to play it. was playing the stirrer play and playing that person that's just getting that wooden spoon out and yeah. just and stirring things up, you know. Exactly, yeah. And um, it was always funny. Yeah, he was, definitely. He was the one that brought the jokes and brought the comedy more yes. so out of out of all of them. Yeah, definitely. Although, really, or at least a different kind of comedy. It was more like you carry on comedy. It was, yeah. And I'd say um, we'd seen um, Gwyneth Strong in Ladies of Letters as well this yes. year, and to see her go from basically a normal housewife, yeah, writing a letter, it was just great to see it in a different role. Yeah, definitely. And she certainly knocked it out of the park oh, yeah. on this one. Not like she didn't on the other one. No, no. To be honest. They all gave a uh, strong performance. Yeah, they really did. All of them. You know, there wasn't really one one bad one. It was nice to see the Stenders cast in there as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, John Altman played a great Mr. Pavacini. Yeah. No, it's not. I don't say that wrong. Paravicini. 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 He was great. He he added an extra flavour of yeah, the characters. But again, even uh, Todd Carty as Major Metcalf, it felt like he was delivering a very typical Major or Colonel. He was person. Prince Charles, King Charles. He had that. Yeah, yeah. But, that. but the thing is, it's, it's not even that. It's more the fact that these are stock characters they're yes. playing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they they play to those roles. Yeah. Again, Cluedo. Yeah, exactly. It's very much that kind yeah. of setup. Um, Colonel Mustard, Professor Plum. I think also, I mean, one thing I would say, there was just a couple of moments, I, I think that John Altman, it may have been a direction thing, but there was a couple of moments where he did look act to the audience, which I found a little strange when everybody else didn't act up to the audience. 
they didn't actually glance into the audience and look at them. There was a couple of lines he delivered that he looked straight at people, and I think that either that was a direction thing or it was actually, but it was nothing major. But I just it just felt no, a the little major bit. Was Todd Carty. No, John Altman. I said John Altman. I said <laughs> I know. John Altman. Yeah, I know you said nothing major. Come on, Richard, for God's sake. Obviously, using my listening ears. But no, there was just there was just that little moment that I think it was just he had a few funny lines and it was like I'll say these to the audience and it's like no, don't say them to the audience. Still, just say them in the room and people will laugh. Don't need to break the wall. I don't know if I picked up on that to be honest. I did. Could have been many then. It was the ones when he was leaving the room to go into another room and he was saying his final line that was like the funny bit and he, there was oh, two, a few yeah. moments where he was looking at the audience by, but by not looking at into the people in the room. Yeah. And it was like you wouldn't look at the wall because technically that's just a wall. Yeah. And I think I've seen other things where they do it really well, where they don't, they look almost past you, like something we saw last night, where even though they're looking out to the audience, not really looking at the audience, but you know, mm. it, it's done. What did you make of the costumes? I thought they were dated. They're of the time. They they suited the period. They suited the period well. definitely. But it's more likely when there was only wireless and a, and a telephone. So we're talking very like early eight nineteen hundreds. Mm. You know, we're not looking very far on. You know, it's all very. Pomp and circumstance, wasn't it? A lot of it was very, very country house, very... What was pomp and circumstance? The telephone? No, I meant the whole, the, what they're wearing. I think that was just a typical upper class... It's country house, hotel, that, sort that of... kind of era of... Um... Tweed, a lot of, you know, Londoners, basically. <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Now for our next segment, as we say, what the tech is this? Now, Richard, technical stuff. Is there anything you want to pick up on? I think this takes me back to some of the productions I used to do years ago, where they were all in one room and it was very much lights up, lights down, but with working lights on stage. So the the gas lights or whatever yeah. were working on stage. But that's all it needed. It it was a lights on or a lights off production where I think they were electric lights. I don't think they were yeah. gas. But, but what I think I, it, it. I quite like the the fact that when the curtains were open, you could see the amount of snow coming down. They had yeah, they had a snow, snow machine on the other like side of the window. Machine. Yeah. And, well. Yeah, and and you know, just a simple thing of it wasn't even technical, but like you said earlier, with the, there was a bit of string on a window to show that the wind kept blowing it open, yeah, and, and yeah. it it was enough. I think. And this is there was a lot of subtlety about this whole performance yeah. where the set did itself. There was a little red light behind the flames of the fire just to mm. show that the fire was glowing, and it's quite. And sound effects wise, there wasn't really anything apart from the odd piano playing in the background or doors shutting and things like that. But there wasn't really anything that wasn't done on stage I'd say mm, it's traditional theatre isn't it yeah, it's, it's like, just one of those you know. where it, it, there's nothing too technical technical stuff that's involved in this no because it is quite a, a traditional play yeah and a traditional um, well it's reliant layout. on the, the writing and the actual performance rather than the actual technical side of it you, you know you don't some things don't always need the smoke and mirrors no that's actual, another play you know, they're definitely... Faux pas. The only thing that really happened was the light in the lamp. first scene. Yeah, just the lamp kept getting knocked over. I would like to read the script to see if it was intentional or actually meant to happen because I'm yeah. still not sure to this day. Right then, for our Rewind Rewatch segment, what moment in this play would you like to rewind and rewatch? My bit, my favourite bit was the bit when Christopher Wren hid in the curtains. Oh, yeah. And um, and then made, made the people in the household jump because he... 
he hid while they were having talking about something quite serious and then he just made them all jump. Oh, that was quite funny. Do you know what? I'm not quite sure which piece I'd like to rewatch. I'd rewatch the whole thing, but I yeah. wouldn't. I, I I think I'd probably just have to agree with you simply because it was an amusing thing when. Um, I suppose the other yeah. thing for me would just be the the um, hat coat and scarf moment because well, that's that another was, one that that was that, quite. I like that fun, but you know. that was just the setup at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, it. I wouldn't say it was. Wasn't it? Oh, shut up! That's it. I'm done. <laughs> Leave it there. Moving on now to our next piece. Call this a show. Scores and please, Richard. On a scale of one to ten, with ten being caught in a mousetrap and one being continuously listening to three blind mice played on the piano. What's it gonna be? I give it an eight out of ten. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. Yeah. I thought it was a a great play. Yeah. But I knew what was coming. Yeah. I thought it was a cosy piece of theatre and I yeah. would see it again and I'll be intrigued in a way to see it in London because then in a way I'd like to see it with cast that aren't well known or aren't familiar because I would be intrigued to what it what just it actually compare. comes yeah just to see it in that way I know I mean I know what I know how what where it's going but I think it'd just be interesting to see it as a, a re a rewatch So what sound effect will you be choosing from the following a complete train wreck tumbleweed an audible shrug of the shoulders, uh? a slow clap, a pleasant applause, or a standing ovation. What will it be? I'll give this one a pleasant applause because I felt that it was great. So even though the ending was a little predictable, I still enjoyed it. I'm going to give this play a pleasant applause too. So there we are. That's our discussion of the mousetrap. We hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, we will be discussing the best exotic Marigold Hotel, Dreamgirls, and South Pacific. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Downstage.